Real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast, be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah St. John. My guest today connects female founders to easy and affordable health insurance plans they feel confident using. Welcome to the show, Dr. Noor Ali. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I'm so excited for our conversation today. I'm so glad to have you here. I know this is a subject that, I mean, it's not the funnest subject in the world, but it's definitely one that everyone needs to think about, especially entrepreneurs. But before we get into that, I'd love to hear more of your history and backstory and how you got into this. Yeah, totally. I love that question. So my story starts when I'm five years old and I'm sitting on my grandfather's lap and we're reading our favorite book together, which is actually Gray's Anatomy, the number one anatomy textbook for medical students worldwide. So from a very young age, I knew that I wanted to pursue medicine and my entire educational career was really fast-tracked and propelled towards preparing me for medicine. So in middle school, I'm taking high school courses. In high school, I'm taking AP college courses. And what happened was I graduated high school from New York City and I just skipped undergrad and I went straight straight into medical school at the age of 18 in Bangladesh, which is where I'm from. So I really excelled there. It's I felt like my entire life was preparing me for a journey into medicine. So I loved everything that I was learning. I graduated medical school at age 23 with a dual degree in internal medicine and general surgery and really just thriving in my surgical career. But I ended up getting married and my husband lived back in New York City. So it was time for me to move back home. Now, the process for foreign medical doctors like us is we don't have to go through medical school again, but we have to pass a series of licensing exams called the USMLE. Now, at that time in my career, I was already a practicing surgeon for a couple of years. And the first exam of those series of exams covered basic science topic that was a huge disconnect for me. So I struggled. I really struggled with that exam. I studied for about a year and a half, two years. I took the test and I failed it by like one question, three points. And that really crushed me because I had no other professional identity other than medicine. I never went to undergrad. I didn't study anything outside of prerequisites for medicine and then deep into an accelerated medical program. So I really needed a win and a way to reinvent myself. And I had no clue how to do that because I didn't know anything outside of medicine. So I fell into a really deep depression and nothing was working out in my life. So we decided that we needed to make a change and we moved down to Florida and no one was hiring me. No one was giving me a job because on paper, I look like a high school graduate, right? And in real life, I'm a very experienced clinician. So that was another challenge as well. So the only opportunity I got at that time in my life was this opportunity for health insurance. And that was foreign to me as well, because where I trained in Bangladesh, there is no health insurance system. And even in America, where there is health insurance, a lot of people are confused about it, including myself. But I really needed a win in my life. I needed to figure it out. So I just grabbed the opportunity and I dove in deep. And it took me not too long. It's still easier than medical school. And I've been doing that. That was five years ago. And in the past five years, I really reinvented the customer experience journey when it comes to purchasing health insurance. Here I am now. I love that backstory. So for example, I had had a normal day job with insurance benefits and all that up until a year ago, but now I'm self-employed. And so I looked into insurance plans, but it was so expensive to Mm -hmm. not be under an employer insurance plan. Mm -hmm. I looked into medical sharing plans 
for someone who is self-employed, a freelancer, a solopreneur, a small business owner, where it's just maybe one of them or maybe a married couple, what is the best way to go about either getting health insurance affordably or what is your opinion on medical sharing plans? The best place to start, if you're self-employed, you don't have a corporate employer offering benefits, you're on your own trying to figure it out, there's two markets where we can research and purchase health insurance for yourself. There's the public healthcare market and the private healthcare market. And the public market is very well marketed because it's a government, it's federally regulated, state-sponsored, so a lot of people have easy access to that, healthcare.gov, right? That's all the same thing. The private market is often largely in, ignored because there's no neat little portal where you can go on one website and see a list of plans and click and compare. It's kind of like a free-for-all capitalist space. So it's often ignored by the general population, which makes sense. So where do you start your research and what's a good market for you is the first place I would start. And here's how we do that evaluation. If you are just starting out and your income is below 50000 or you're chronically ill and you'd seek frequent medical care, and you know that you're going to meet a seven to $10,000 annual deductible, choose the public market. Because anyone making an income under 50000 is eligible for a government tax credit or a subsidy where a portion of their premiums is discounted and paid by the government. Also, it's a guaranteed issue platform, which means pre-existing conditions don't matter. So if you have a high level of medical need and care, the public market is going to be a great fit. Now, if your income is above 50000 no one's helping you pay those premiums. you got to pay the full sticker price yourself, and you're generally healthy, and you don't need frequent medical care. The private market is going to have a lot better options. So that's how I make that differentiation. You also asked about health sharing plans, which can be a new trending alter healthcare alternative. I find that oftentimes people go for that route because of the affordability, which is great. However, the problem that health sharing plans don't solve is because they're not traditional health insurance plans, there's no stop loss and there's no max out of pocket, which can be dangerous if you're a solopreneur, you're taking on the risk of all of your personal assets and your business. So if for some reason you have a major medical expense or emergency and you cannot afford that, they're going to go after your business and your, after your business, they're going to go after your personal assets. So I think it's still important to this day with our economy and the way our healthcare system works, it's still important to have an insurance policy with a max out of pocket or a stop loss that says, hey, once I pay the insurance amount, this amount, you can't come after anymore. Insurance company is going to take care of the rest of my bills. So that's kind of like the missing piece for health sharing plans, I would say. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't realize that. So when you're talking about the health sharing plans where there's not a stop loss, it depends on what one you get as to how much they cover. Mm -hmm. uh, say you get one that covers up to a million dollars. How does that work? The stop loss, sure. like so, if it's yeah. if you end up having bills that end up being two million or something, right. right? Then they come after the other million. Yeah, correct. And a million dollar policy doesn't mean that's your max out of pocket. A million dollar policy means that all of the benefits we're going to give you, according to this brochure, add up to a million dollars in coverage. But if you're dealing with cancer, let's say, you're not getting every single benefit on that list. Your cancer treatment alone could cost $3 million. And that doesn't mean they're covering $1 million of that $3 million. It just means all of the benefits added up equal a $1 million policy. So a max out of pocket or a stop loss is kind of like an umbrella term like, hey, this is the most you're going to pay out of pocket. We're going to cover the rest of the bills after this max out of pocket. No questions asked. 
So a million dollar policy is not the same thing as a max out of pocket or a stop loss. Oh, wow. So none of the sharing plans have that, I guess? Right. Because health sharing plans are really like community based and community funded. Healthcare, it's a healthcare alternative. It's not traditional health insurance. Okay. So then all health insurance plans would have that protection then? Not all, but if it's a major medical or comprehensive one, that's what you want to be looking for is do I have a max out of pocket on this plan? Okay. So then for people you said who are making under 50000 or have an expensive illness, they could go the public route, otherwise go to the private route. So the public route is the healthcare.gov? Yes, correct. Okay. And then for private, would you just have to go to each individual? Yeah. And this is where it gets really tricky. Honestly, if you're doing research on your own on the private market and you start Googling, the top results you're going to see is what the biggest insurance companies with the deepest pocket, really what they want you to see. They're going to grab all of that internet business. And that's common and that's fine and that's normal. So I really suggest working with a health insurance advisor like myself to really do that evaluation and figure that piece out. I'm giving some blanket advice here, but you might be in a very specific, weird situation, and in which case you need a certain health plan for the next two years. But then after that, your financial situation might change, your health situation might change, and then you're going to need a different plan. So working with a professional like myself who really does these evaluations is probably going to be better than self-researching. Let's say someone makes under 50000 initially, so they go the public route. But then mm -hmm. let's say yes. then the next year they're making 100000 Yeah. Could they still stay on the public getting the discount? They're kind of grandfathered right. in? So, or No, no, no. So that's a great question. So you want to make sure you pull out of the public market when you're no longer qualifying for the subsidy. Sure, you can keep the plan. You have the option to keep the plan. But what will happen is the premiums will be recalculated according to your new adjusted income. And there's no way you can avoid that because the government plan, it's tied to the IRS. You're going to see your taxes, how much you've made, right? So it's really important to stay on top of that. As soon as you don't qualify for the subsidy, you should really pull out because what, if you don't, the following tax year, your readjusted premiums will be billed to you in arrears, which sucks. Oh, wow. Okay. So they keep track of that. Okay. Yeah, for so sure. So is there a set discount that you get, like a certain percentage or? It's a sliding scale and there's okay. too many variables for me to really get into mm -hmm. on this call, but it's just going to depend on how much are you going to make. Let's take a look at plans and how much discount you're eligible for depending on the plan itself. And then I was reading on your site that 58% of debt in America is due to medical bills. Yes. That's according to a study by the Kaiser Family Foundation in 2021. Medical bankruptcy is really the number one type of bankruptcy for Americans. It's completely unexpected. It's tied to the rising cost of healthcare, which are really just not going down. And any one single unexpected emergency room visit or unexpected surgery can really put you in that category of an unexpected medical expense that you can't afford. So I think having the right health insurance plan is really key to not just, of course, our health, maintaining our health so we're alive and healthy and well, but also protecting our assets. If you think you cannot afford health insurance, you're probably looking in the wrong market, right? So that's when I talk about leveraging the position that you're at. So if you're under 50K, there's definitely options if you're, if you're in the public space, right? Because you're getting subsidized government plans. If you're making over 50K and you're looking in the public market, your prices are going to look obscene. So that means you should be shopping in the private market where we can get you different, unique options for a lot lower premium. When looking at health insurance plans and evaluating, I feel like a lot of people really miss the big picture. So oftentimes they'll look at health insurance and say, well, that 
one medication I take that costs $15 on this health insurance plan, it's costing me $12. And on this one, it's costing me three. You should not be deciding which health insurance plan based on this $10 difference. You got to be looking at which is the plan that's going to cover my butt when I have a $30,000 appendectomy bill. Something that hits you out of nowhere, you're totally not expecting, but has the potential to wipe your assets clean. That's what you should be evaluating health insurance on, not that once a year visit or that $10 medication that you pick up every month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm even finding with medicine, for the most part, of course, that like you don't even need insurance in a way because you yes. can use like good RX or whatever. Yes. I'm so glad you mentioned that because with, with today, there's so many of those solutions for prescriptions. You really don't need insurance for picking up your medications, to be very honest. There's so many program solutions, discount prescription services like GoodRx, where prescriptions are affordable really for everyone now. Insurance should not be the reason to not get your medications. Right, exactly. So another thing I wanted to ask you about were the five health insurance tips for freelancers. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So freelancers can get really like daunted and confused by health insurance. So I have some five simple tips. I think it applies to everyone. The first one is don't wait. Oftentimes I feel like people push off or hold off getting their health insurance taken care of because it's just low priority when it comes to building a business and all the initial expenses you have to take care of first. But keep in mind that premiums are also based on how old you are. So if you're wasting a year to take care of your health insurance, the rates that you researched the previous year are no longer going to be applicable. As you get older, your risk as a human being to insure also increase. So your premiums are going to increase. So the younger you can lock in lower insurance premiums, the better it is for you. So I have a question about that, though. So if you lock in the insurance rate, I mean, because rates still will increase, I imagine, each yeah, year. Yeah, rates will increase every year, which is like an insurance industry standard. So your auto insurance goes up when your policy ends, right? Your home insurance goes up every year. Same for health insurance. But everything is based off of a percentage of your existing premium. So the lower you start out, the less you feel those percentage increases. Oh, okay. The second tip I have for freelancers healthcare is Estimate your income. And this is really challenging, I know, especially if you're a creative freelancer and you have up and down income. But if you can just kind of estimate from the last month or the last three months, get an average and then project that out for the rest of the year. That's going to give us an indication of where should we even start the research. Remember, the public or the private market. So if we can estimate below 50K, let's go this route. If you know you're going to make more than 50K, let's look in the private market. So estimating that income gives us a great starting point on where to research for your health insurance. Yeah, that makes sense. That would be a good next step. Mm -hmm. The next tip I have is to evaluate your usage. This is something that I feel like a lot of people ignore as well when looking, especially if you're young, if you're in your 20s, 30s, the common practice is just go for the lowest premium and the highest deductible. That's a really huge trap set by big insurance. Because think about this, if you're someone in your 20s, you hardly use your insurance and you go for the lowest premium, let's say that's $200 a month, and that pairs with the highest deductible, let's say that's $10,000 a year, you don't use your insurance, you don't use your insurance, all of a sudden, something happens three years later, and you finally need to use your insurance. 
guess what? During that time, you have to pay the first $10,000 of medical expenses before your insurance is going to step up and pay anything. So all of these years, you paid that low $200 a month premium. You're not getting that back. And you have to pay that additional $10,000 before you get any benefit. So you just fell into this trap of the very unlikely event that you do need to use your insurance. You're the one who's paying out of pocket, not your insurance company. So evaluating your usage is important because even if you don't use insurance very frequently, going for the lowest premium and highest deductible is not the wisest strategy. I would opt more for a balance of what is the highest premium that I can afford for the lowest deductible. So somewhat something in the middle, not those opposite extremes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think younger people, they tend to either think they don't need insurance or they do the low monthly for the higher deductible. But yeah, that makes sense. Like budget, figure out how much you can afford to set aside every month for insurance. And then also ideally, whatever the deductible is, I would think that ideally you would already have that in savings. I mean, I can tell you most Americans don't have that in savings. It's very unlikely, which is why keeping that deductible as low as possible is going to be your safety net, right? The higher it is, the more uncomfortable it is when the time comes that you need to pay it. Another tip that I have is identify your coverage needs. This is another trap, I would say, is how do you evaluate if a health insurance plan is good or not? Well, what's good for one person is going to be very different than what's good for another person. So, for example, if there's a health insurance plan that offers amazing maternity coverage, that's useless to a young 20s male who doesn't need maternity coverage. You know what I mean? So really honing in on, OK, what do I need my insurance to cover for me this year? Am I going to have a baby? Am I going to have an expensive back surgery? Do I need cancer treatment? So understanding exactly what you want your plan to cover and then really researching and building a plan around that coverage need actually saves you money in the long run, where you're not just choosing a random insurance plan just because the premium's low or the co-pays feel nice. For some reason, I thought all insurance plans included maternity. So what you're saying, I guess, is that you can kind of build your insurance plan to a certain extent. Yes, yes. So And you do that by really taking a look at evaluating the coverage and the policy. And oftentimes plans that have coverage for maternity are expensive. So again, if you're a young 20s male and you don't need that, why do you need a plan that has that maternity built in? You can kind of exclude some of these things that are not important to you to also save on coverage while still having the things that are important to you. And that's where like having someone like you go through, because yeah, I didn't even know that you could do it because I've always thought it would be nice if you can build a custom health insurance plan like you can do with car insurance. Yeah, to extent. yeah. But I didn't think that that was actually a thing. So I'm already learning a lot here. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, totally a thing. The last tip I have is to use an advisor because it can get really complicated. There's just so much the average consumer just doesn't know. And and it's not fair for to ask you to know. How are you supposed to know all of these things? What's new in the insurance market? And every state has different laws when it comes to insurance. So where you live has a lot to do with what plans are offered and available to you. So working with an advisor like myself really helps to lay out all of the landscape, draw out options you may not be aware of, help build those customized policies according to the season of your life and your coverage need. 
So I know you're in Florida, but are you able to help anyone within the U.S.? Yeah. So I live in Florida, but I'm licensed to work in 34 different states. That list grows all the time. So most of America, I can help with plants. Does that include Texas where I am? It does include Texas. Yeah, I hope they'll talk about it after the show. <laughs> okay, so if someone wanted to reach out to you to have you evaluate, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so I offer these 15-minute consultations. The price for that is $12. And on that call, I'm really just going to get to know you and what's important to you, what you have right now, what you're looking for. And sometimes at the end of the call, I'm going to say, hey, you've got a great plan. Stay there. But if I can find a better alternative that checks most, if not all of your boxes, I'm going to invite you to do a policy review with me. And that's the next step for working together with me where we really deep dive into the plan that makes sense for you. And if it's a good fit, you get to work with me and I service you for the life of your policy that I write, which means that I'm here to help you with all claims, customer service, really maximizing the benefits of your policy. Okay. So the initial call is $12. And mm -hmm. then if then someone hires you, what would that work? It's a one-time $250 booking fee. So you book that at, at the time of booking the next appointment with me. If for some reason we don't end up working together, it doesn't work out, you get that money fully refunded to you. So it's a risk-free booking guarantee. If we do end up working together, that's all you pay me for lifetime concierge services. Oh, wow. Okay. Definitely affordable then. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on today and answering some questions and people can go to your website at drnorhealth.com. That's D-R-N-O-O-R health.com. And was there anything else that you wanted to mention that we hadn't discussed? No, I'm really happy we had this conversation. I loved it. Something else that I'm working on, which is exciting for me, is all of the wonderful female founders that I get to meet and talk with every single day in my health insurance practice. I wanted to build a platform to bring them together and connect them. So my new brand that I'm working on is called Think Like a Woman. And you guys can check that out at thinklikeawoman.co for new stuff coming up on, on that platform. Oh, awesome. I'll be sure to include links to both of those in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Sarah. This was such a pleasure to talk with you. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.